Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! <laughs> Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 127, and tonight we're taking another trip back to the 1970s to look at a made-for-TV movie directed by none other than Steven Spielberg. No, not Duel. It's his follow-up to Duel, and it's something evil. And there's only one thing that's more evil than the devils in this house. And it's made of apples. And you'll understand that later on. So, we got a nice and long show tonight. We got a nice couple of guest hosts on as well. So, let's stop my yapping and get to the more yapping. What? Here's what you missed on a recent Clutch and Wiggle experience. Uh, the pooping revolution, it's never easy to change the way that we've done something for such a long time. We sit comfortably on the toilet just like we are comfortably eat junk food. Duff. <laughs> Sometimes you got to take a He-Man shit, too. <laughs> got to figure that fit, right? We, we eat junk food because it's easy to get and tastes delicious. <sighs> Our current bathroom posture is easy to do, comforting, and we can even text while doing it. It's totally more difficult to talk about pooping when the He-Man music is playing in the background. Dude, I was going to do it? it like an infomercial. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to raise it up again? No, I think it's good. Carrots, spinach, and peas are good for your body, and people don't like the taste. Squatting is the equivalent to this. It's not so great tasting vegetables that keep us healthy. We've already begun the change in we, the way we eat, so why not change the way we poop? Hi, I'm He-Man, and when I poop, I squat. And you kids should try it at home. Dial 1-900-POOP for your free brochure. Can't squat on the toilet because you're too small? Take your kid brother or sister and stand on them while you poop. Because remember, kids, if you don't poop right, you'll do drugs, and drugs will kill you. This is a message from He-Man. You totally got to bust out this fucking brandy more often. I'm totally, I wish I could take credit for this on my own, but it's got to be the brandy. Do you, you have like cocaine or something in this stuff? You have to. It just could be the tits. I didn't plan that. That just happened. That's awesome. Oh my God. I'm cutting that and sending it over to Succotash. You have to. I'll do it again if I need to. Catch the Clutch and Wiggle Experience featuring me, the Dits, live each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern on CWERadio.com. Okay, welcome back to the show, everybody. It's great to be back with you here again today. So what has been going on in Scream Queen's headquarters since last we talked? You know, still not a whole heck of a lot. I don't know what the hell I've been doing, to be perfectly honest. My life is dull, 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 except it's not, because clearly I'm busy doing crap. And anyway, apologies that this episode is late, but I had some technical problems, and I've been busy doing nothing, apparently. Well, nothing that's interesting to you. I'm not going to bore you with boring things. I want to titillate you with today's... Thank you, Johnny Krug. Flashback to last episode. Oh, hey, here's something to lead off with. Remember that contest that we had? 
you know, where I had everybody submit their Halloween photos and we picked the winner and that person's going to be getting a DVD box set of Stargate SG-1, the complete series. Remember that? We have a winner! And our winner is listener Colin with his photo that I titled The Schmadams Family. Bravo! Bravo, Colin! You'll be getting that package in the mail as soon as I get off my ass and mail it to you. So, yes, congratulations and hooray! Hooray. Well, okay, let's see some shows. Nothing too exciting. Although, what I do want to mention, this was a while ago, but, you know, with Halloween and all the other stuff that went on, I didn't get a chance to talk about it. I got to see our good friend, Doug Shapiro. You know Doug from the Evil Under the Sun episode. He was performing at Lincoln Center in the concert version of I Am Harvey Milk. big thing, it's been touring the country, it's this choral thing, and they had this whole Broadway star chorus, even though Doug was in it, and he's not a Broadway star, although he should be. And it was all about the life of Harvey Milk, you know, the world's, uh, America's first gay mayor, who was assassinated, and it was really, really good. Kristen Chenoweth was in it, and that was nice and everything, and it had some really cool, memorable moments, and what was really amazing, what was really amazing, his whole thing was come out, the most powerful weapon that we have right now is for people to come out. And so the last song was all about come out, coming out. And the final verses of it were just come out, come out, come out. You know, and it's building and it's building and it's building. And on the last note, the last come out, the lens popped out of my eyeglasses. That is how powerful song can be. It made an inanimate piece of plastic come out come out of the frame, but still it came out. It was trying to, it was trying to play along. Yeah. Okay. And the thing is, I also wanted to bring up Doug Shapiro because this did not come up in my interview with my guests that are coming up with Owen and Tom when we're talking about something evil. Now, Owen and Tom are lifelong friends. They grew up together in a small town in Ohio. What I forgot, what we forgot to mention is that Doug Shapiro grew up in that same town as well. So they're all from the same, that's like, that's like three screen queens from one town. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know what else is crazy? I went home for Thanksgiving to my sister's house. You know, my crazy sister, the one that's super Catholic, that one. Yeah, that wasn't too traumatic. It was fine. It was good. Although my my great niece was there. I got to meet my, my great nephew for the first time. That was cool. But that's not the point right now. He was cute and everything. His name's Daniel. But whatever. Yeah, get aside. This is the good shit. This is the good shit. My older great niece. Apparently, they learned all about Native American culture. In her kindergarten class. So everything in the house was stuff that she had made. Everything was Indians, 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 or Native. No, I was going to say Native Americans, but no. She was doing Indians because in the middle of the fucking living room, she had built a goddamn wigwam. I could work a wigwam. I could work a wigwam. And I got to tell you, it was so offensive. Like the whole, everything is getting out. It was so offensive. It was like the white people's guide to Native American culture, which is basically woo-woo-woo-woo-woo, no pronouns when you speak, and whatever was in the Disney version of Pocahontas, I was mortified, mortified, and yet my sister somehow managed to work Jesus into it, even before the white men, what? Did they were Christian before the white men came, what? What? You know what, just keep pouring me wine, I'll be fine. Hey, that rhymes. 
Yeah, family. Good stuff. So I've seen some movies, and none of them I could particularly talk about because they're not readily available yet. And all of them are good. All of them are good. And some of these uh, Tommy had written about, Tommy from Toronto had written about when he did all those reviews from the Toronto After Dark Film Festival, whatever it was called. And uh, so I've seen a couple of those. I'm going to lead off with Housebound which is a New Zealand movie. Now, i got to say thumbs up to New Zealand for cranking out some really great horror movies. This movie is nuts. It changes genres about 15 times, and the fact it's able to tap dance between comedy, horror, mystery, um, different kinds of horror, different kinds of mystery. I'm like, I don't know where the fuck we're going or where we're ending up, but I'm having a great time doing it. It's a nice mix of horror and comedy as well. So, Housebound, keep an eye out for it. I think it's on uh, streaming, straight, three, three, video on demand right now, so it's worth a rental. I give it a thumbs up. Maybe I'll talk about it later in the future, but I can't talk about it right now because not enough of you have seen it, except I'm just going to recommend it, and I'm going to do the same for a movie called Starry Eyes. And Starry Eyes is about this gal who's trying to make it in Hollywood, and she'll do anything, anything, even stuff she doesn't. No, because she meets the wrong people, and let's just say, you know, some actors go through a whole transformation process, you know, it really, yeah, she goes through a transformation process and not in a cute way. I really liked Starry Eyes. It's slow. It's methodically paced. Let me put it that way. And what I like about, it takes a long time for the real horror of it to get going, but you all kind of always know where it's going, but the way it's set up, you're kind it's kind of, I kind of felt like a deer in headlights, like the truck is coming right for me. I know it's going to hit me, and there's nothing I can do to stop it. And that's how the movie felt, and I liked it. Starry Eyes, check it out. And finally, the infamous Babadook. Now, I know this has been a really divisive movie. People either really love it, or they really, really hate it. And I'm going to go out on my limb and say I really loved it. It's been haunting me quite a bit. And again, I really can't talk about this. Like, I have my own interpretations of what it all means. And the more people I talk to that liked it, everybody has a different meaning for that ending. And some people don't get it at all. People are like, what, the ending was stupid? I said, no, the ending was what terrified me. And I'll talk about that someday, but not today. And even if you don't like the movie, you have to love the performance of Essie Davis, who I love anyway. Essie Davis, I know from the Australian series Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. And I'm sorry, this is like the best gay icon character in a very long time. Because, you know, it's the 20s, she's a flapper, and she's rich, and she drinks, and she does cocaine, and she solves mysteries, and she always looks fabulous, and she says great things like, I will destroy everything in your life. I will take everything that is yours and leave you with nothing, and I will do it all without ever smearing my lipstick. Now that is my kind of broad. And she's the exact opposite in Babadook. So vulnerable, so sad, so lost, so isolated, and her kid is such an asshole, which is part of it. But take your chances. It's not the horror movie you want it to be. Unfortunately, it's been built up so much, it's really not going to meet anybody's expectations in that sense. You like, oh, I wasn't terrified out of my mind. Well, I wasn't either. It's been haunting me afterwards, which is what I like. That's my favorite kind of horror. And it's not the monster movie that you want it to be either. 
you know, the Babadook isn't exactly the monster. And whether it's real or whether it's not real, whether it's part of her imagination or her insanity or whatever, is also all been debated by people that we liked it, uh, that who liked it. And we all have our different answers. And I think that's really, really, really cool. And I think I've been yakking enough. I don't really have much to say, so I think it's best to just turn things over to my guests, right? Of course, right. Now, before we do, though, I just want to apologize, because when we do get to the interview portion of the show, like I said, I've been having technical problems, particularly with the microphone, and when I sat down to record with Owen and Tom, my voice track was going through the wrong microphone, not my big one, but from the little one. And you know, you should always go through the big one. Mm-hmm. So it sounds a little tinny on my end, but you know what? It's fine, but I apologize. And since the holiday season is upon us, I think the best way to kick it off will be with a little music from friend of show, Kelly Dwyer, and her band, Kill the Band, because she's got a little something special for your Christmas. And if you don't like it, you're going to take it anyway. You are so hard to buy for, staying you don't need nothing It's better to give than to receive And all you need is my loving You shower me with gifts You always know just what I need And give me whatever I want Yeah. 
on your wish list. It's the gift that keeps on giving. This ain't so bad. Well, that was melodramatic. Ladies and gentlemen, Dark Obsession. Now, for those of you who've been listening for a while, you know damn well that the Dark Obsession section of the show is when I finally get to see something that I have been dying to see, well, forever, but for one reason or another, it's just eluded my grasps. Grasps? Yes, I have multiple grasps, okay? I can grab with my hands. I can grab with... Never mind. Get your mind out of the gutter. He says after playing anal for Christmas. Oh, by the way, hey. I've just been reminded that if you're hearing hissing or clanking in the background, no, there's no ghosts. There's no giant snake monster ghosts loose in the Scream Queens headquarters studios. No, it's that time of year, kids. Because you see, in my apartment, we have... So it makes a lot of noise, and there's really nothing I could do about it. You know, it's just the way works. And you know, I make this joke every year, and whenever it's time for the to come on, and it amuses me. It just makes me happy. And last year I said, I don't know if anybody likes this joke or gets this joke about the I don't really care. I'm amusing myself. But then I got a message from Joey from the Cocktails and Cream Puffs podcast. And he said, you know what, Patrick? I love the reference. So I'm going to keep making the reference. And you know what? If you don't like it, I'm going to tell you what you can do. See, sometimes I listen back to the show. You know, listen back for mistakes, and, you know, sometimes I go back and revisit an, OSHA, an older show to discover, you know, I don't know, maybe something I've forgotten over time or see how things have improved or what can be improved. And when I'm walking along the street and the <laughs> plays, I do a little dance. And it's always the same little dance. And I want to teach it to you so that when you're walking down the street and listening to the show and the... <laughs> happens, you can dance along with me. You could say somewhere Patrick is dancing along to the bumper. This is what you do. It's very easy because you got to listen. It goes one, two, three, four, steam heat like that, right? So what you do is you go, you take your left foot and you go tap, tap twice on your right foot. You go tap, tap, step back, kick and kick. You got that? You got that? You take your left foot and you go stomp, stomp. That's your right foot. Then you step back on your left foot. You kind of do a little step ball change and then you go kick and kick. So kick and kick. Stomp, stomp, step back, kick and kick. So now let's all do it together to the 
Did you get it? Well, we're gonna play it one more time. And the thing that's really fun about this, because like I said, this usually happens, no, it always happens when I'm walking down the street and I'm all about embarrassing myself in public, is that the way I've choreographed this, and it just happened this way, that, you know, it will, I don't miss a step. Like, I'll just be walking and I'll do the little thing. I could pick pick up walking straight away like nothing happened. So I can only imagine what it looks like for people who are walking behind me to all of a sudden see me do this little dance in the middle of the street and then just keep on going like nothing happened, only to do it again like five seconds later. So, fuck them. Are we talking about a movie? Or are we dancing a... We're doing both. Okay. Now, remember, the audio for this section is not what I would like it to be. But I'm thrilled to have these two guys on. It's been a long time coming, and I think you're going to like it. Oh, and by the way, if you haven't seen the movie yet, if you have not seen Something Evil, it is available in its entirety on YouTube. So go over there, do a little search on Something Evil 1972, and maybe watch it before you listen to this. Because you might not want to. <laughs> you should watch it. It's a Steven Spielberg movie. Come on, how bad could it be? It's great. And it'll be reason. You'll be dying to watch it. You'll be dying to watch it by the end of it. So you just now you know where to find it. So I'm going to shut up now and go to my amazing guests somewhere previously recorded. So we're going to ask Mr. Peabody to set the time machine for 1972 because that's where we're going back to. Trip back in time to discover something evil. The best fresh ingredients are what make Betty Crocker potato dishes taste so good. For au gratin and scalloped, tender russet potatoes, tangy cheddar cheese, celery, and just the right blend of spices and herbs. And for crisp and tender hash browns, a touch of mild sweet onion, discover Betty Crocker au gratin, scalloped, and hash brown potatoes. They taste great because they've got great things in them. Joining me today on this exciting adventure back into the age of made-for-TV 1970s vintage horror is the one, the only, very frequent guest of the show, the multi-talented playwright extraordinaire, Mr. Owen Robertson! Hello! Hello! I'm here! You didn't give a three count. You fail. You fail. No rock star music for you. No, sorry. No rock star music for you. You're done. You're done here. Move aside. Move aside. Well... Since Owen has already proved an extreme that failure as a guest, I'm really happy that... Uh, shh, who's that noise? <laughs> What's that noise? Who is that? Oh my gosh, is that standing over there in the distance? Is it? Could it be? Why not? Could it be mistaken? Yes, it's Bluffy Homie! Mr. Tom Soderbergh! Tom, Tom did it correctly. I always do. And Owen ruined your entrance too, by the way. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? Okay, I'm. Oh uh, well, he always. Yeah, you went. Yeah, yeah, you went. Yay! Right away. Yay. Oh, I did. I uh-huh. See, it's all about him. All about him. Oh, it always is. It always has. Always will be. Now, That's you guys cool. have known each other since the dawn of time. Am I correct? Pretty yes. much. Yeah. Yes, and and you know darn well why I picked you guys. Okay. To do this together, right? Well, first of all, Owen insisted on it because it is always about him. But <laughs> right. But even before then, even when I came up with the segment, I have to get these two guys to talk about this movie because there was that day when we were rehearsing the Dracula the musical in Rome, New York, and we were driving, and we passed something, and one of you said, "Oh, look, apples." 
<laughs> and you two just burst into song, and I thought I had gone into another dimension. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> you had, you'd never heard you, you you didn't know this movie then. Well, no, I didn't because this is a combination oh. segment. Because not only is this made for uh, TV 1970s vintage horror, this is also right. what I call my dark obsession. A movie that I've always wanted to see, but never have oh. until now. Oh, okay. It's what oh, we also okay. call a double whammy. <laughs> whammy. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were 12 years old when we saw this. Mm. Yeah. Maybe if a, you were 12. I might have been 11. Right. <laughs> wow, we'd throw him under the bus top. Yeah. Always <laughs> the old one. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He is. Absolutely. He's ancient. He's ancient. Sure. And the thing is, I had no idea what you guys were saying, and you just kept going, and I'm like, what, where, what, what happened? And then we saw the Virgin Mary nativity <laughs> mini golf set, and right. I thought, we have crossed over. <laughs> we are in the Twilight Zone. So you hadn't heard the Apple Bar song. I had never heard the Apple Bar song, because oh, okay. I had never I seen this maybe- movie. Got you. Okay. So so it wasn't suddenly you were being confronted with something you hadn't heard in like ages. No, I had never okay. heard it, period. Okay. And then how did you miss how did you miss something evil? They showed it on TV. I was really two when it came out. No, no, just, later. I've never seen it. And then it was never on video. It has been available forever. You can't rent it. You couldn't even download it. I downloaded it once through completely legal memes, and it was just awful copy that you couldn't see or hear anything. So I just turned it off. And then they had that on YouTube for a long time, and then I was thrilled when I heard from you guys that Tom had found it. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we watched it. (laughs) I hadn't seen it for years myself. Yeah, it's it's something. (laughs) <laughs> it yeah, is. It's, it's something, isn't it? It's something. So, Tom, since you're new to this show, I'm going to throw you under the bus a little bit. Can you give me like a three-sentence description of what the basic plot of Something Evil is? Okay, so basically, Something Evil is about this lovely couple. I guess they were young. Uh, probably in their 30s at that point. Sandy Dennis and Darren McGavin coming to the I guess for just a day to stay in Bucks County, New York. Oh, we'll come back to that, but please continue, yes. I have notes on that. That was my first issue. Oh, you mean that Bucks County looked like Southern California? Uh, Maybe the one. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, it really doesn't look like New Hope at all. (laughs) Yeah, they do that a lot. We we found that uh, when I watched uh, uh, Stranger in Our House with Linda Blair. Yeah. It was supposed to be in, like, Ohio. I'm like, No. <laughs> not even close. No, not in Ohio. I've ever seen. Anyway, please continue. So they're they're in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. Yes, for an allegedly. Afternoon, and uh, of course, Sandy Dennis says she would. She wants to buy the house. They want to move out of New York City and go to the country, so she can be a lovely little crafter. And um, issue number two. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> So basically they do it and oh, bad things just go wrong from there. And uh, the house is evil and oh my goodness. It's something evil. Yeah, it's something evil. Well, it is. Okay. And hence, hence the title. Okay. It is. Good, something good. all right. That's a, it's, it's, yes, that's, there's lots of things. Okay, good. 
That was good. That about sums it up. It's basic thing. And but also what you left out is there are two children, or really I should say one children and a kid they keep forgetting is in the movie. Well, that's because the other kid has about as much personality as Tracy on the Partridge Family. Well, she's an infant, but they keep leaving this infant alone <laughs> with, with the demon. They'll be like, Where, "Where's the baby?" Well, spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler, because yes, their other son is everybody's favorite 1970s redhead, Johnny Whitaker. Oh, absolutely. Who was in everything. Mm-hmm. He was uh, Jody. He was Jody. Jody on, on Family Affair. And I'm sure he gave Buffy the heroin. Yes, he did. That she OD'd on. <laughs> it took me a moment. I didn't think of, all right, yes, you're probably right. Uh-huh. He's probably white, but I'm not is even that true? She did, did she actually die of a heroin overdose, or is that an old TV wives' no, tale? No, that one was for real. I think that's that was, real. I don't know whether it was heroin, but I know it was drugs of some well, sort. Well, you know what? The song doesn't lie. Buffy, Buffy, Apple bar song? back to me. Why'd you have to go and OD? Tell me you never heard that song. Oh, my I God. never heard that song. Well, it's okay. for the tune of Family Affair. Yes, it is. Oh, I love that. <laughs> you have to go and OD. Who will watch over Mrs. Beasley? Buffy, Buffy, come back to me. Why'd you have to go and OD? What about Uncle Bill, Jody, and Sissy? Yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I guess I just, that... found, I just found our segue music. I, we have so the sorry. Apple Bar song That's and awesome. the Puffy Buffy Come Back to Me song. He was on the Land of the Wait, well, not Land of the Lost, uh, Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Yes. He was in Tom Sawyer. He gave Jodie Foster her first screen kiss and see how well that turned out for her. Right. Exactly. Made her a huge lesbian right there. Bang. <laughs> Bang. Because mm-hmm. that's how it works. And so, yeah, so that's her happy foursome of a family. Right. Now, okay, first of all, I have to say Sandy Dennis is quite perfect casting for this because I have always said that Sandy Dennis looks like she's constantly on the verge of a complete emotional breakdown. breakdown. Yeah. Yeah, she always is. You're right. Always hanging on the fringe there. (laughs) But she, I mean, she really is an interesting actress, and I don't think the movie would be anywhere as effective if they'd cast anyone, well, besides Karen Black. Well, <laughs> I, I actually, I'm almost surprised it wasn't Karen Black. <laughs> Karen Black was busy. <laughs> She's like, I'm not working with that redheaded child. No, sorry, Bob. Wait, actually, I have to make ceramics. I'm out. No way. Have really been a little bit overly dramatic in the show, which might have made it more wonderful in a way. Yeah, yeah but 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 there are times she actually holds back too, which makes her really yeah. kind of scary. No, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, yes. Now, as I've talked about this segment, you know, for the listeners who are new, you're like, what's the big deal? It's made for TV stuff from the 70s. It was a big deal. Am I right, boys? Mm. Yes, oh, specifically sure. because of that song. I don't think we'd be. Well, no, I'm not just talking being... about the. I'm not talking about the movie specifically. I'm talking about oh. this whole genre of crap from the past. Oh, the ABC oh, movies of the week. The movie of the week. ABC presents an original motion picture. Produced especially for the movie of the week. Tonight on the movie of the week. Because there were three to five channels back at the time and you watched whatever was on. And these were on in prime time. And I have to say for made for TV movies, a lot of them are extremely fucked up. 
Oh, like, watch yeah. prime time. The whole family would gather around to watch Linda Blair get raped with a broomstick. <laughs> and that was okay. True. Now, those were on NBC, though. The ABC... Well, whatever. I just mean in general, this made-for-TV genre was scarring. Right, but they were very specific. <laughs> they were very specific if you lived through that area and you kind of lived for these TV movies. Oh, like, yeah. yeah, anything that had anything supernatural, you, you know, you read the description. Oh, my God, I was there. Oh, of course. And the, the ABC Movies of the Week specifically would have two or three every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, the biggest one was, you know, The Night Stalker. That, that oh, originated yes. as a movie of the week. With Darren McGavin. Speaking of tie-in, wow. <laughs> and then, of course, our favorite, How Awful About Alan. Oh, how awful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how awful. <laughs> <laughs> we have to get to that one at some point, too. There's so many great things. <laughs> there are. But, so we all hold them in a special place in our heart. And even though we watch them now and people who watch them for the first time now, like the younger folks, are like, what is the biggest? I got so many calls about the Linda Blair movie, not that one, but the one with the witch in the house. They're like, this was right. so stupid. I'm like, but you don't understand. It was the best thing ever. Oh, yeah. It was because great. shit stopped. Everything oh, exactly. stopped when these movies came on. Oh, absolutely. But it, what? Like, there aren't movies that come out even in the theater today that you go, this is weird and horrible. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. It's just that this was a whole family thing now. Like, yeah. it would come on immediately oh, after, yeah. like, the Wild World of Disney in color. And you'd go exactly. from children's programming into Satan worship. Now, and you also have to remember, at the time, there there was no genre television shows. No. Except Bewitched or I Dream of V. Genie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. the, the, yeah, the, you're right. There, there was no X-Files or Buffy, the vampires there, or anything like that. This was our only outlet on television was to see, except for, you know, the Saturday morning um you know, creature features. These were brand new original stories that delved into the genre. Uh-huh. And it was really exciting when they came on. Oh, they were events. They were always events. <laughs> were. Regular programming was canceled when it was the TV movie <laughs> of the week. <laughs> uh-huh. If you were if you were hoping to see the new, you know, I don't know, uh, BJ and the Bear, it was not on. <laughs> no, no, no. You want... <laughs> You wanted to you wanted to see something scary, or you wanted to see Jeannie get impregnated by a spaceship, and then oh, read books with her hands. Oh, I forgot the stranger. That was a great What's funny? Did you with it? That's it. <laughs> There's this is completely random, but if uh, when I was looking for for like commercials about something evil on YouTube, I found that on the Blu-ray that somebody made. You know, it's not a legal Blu-ray, but you can buy them on right, those right. weird sites. They included the TV commercials that ran. Oh, how wonderful. Where can we see these? It's on yeah. YouTube. It's on YouTube. And one of them was a TV oh movie. God. One was a TV movie about three women in danger about uh, 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 three women in danger of being kidnapped and raped. And it was called Snatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Primetime kids. They knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. It was the 70s. They knew exactly what they were doing. <laughs> Daphne's desserts are so original. Look at her pie. Upside down. How clever. I had to show off my flaky bottom crust. Thanks to Crisco. Crisco? Crisco's the shortening that blends in easy. That makes a real flaky pie crust. Look, flaky even on the bottom. Think I'll try it. Upside down pie. Crisco, silly. For pie crust that's flaky, even on the bottom, use all vegetable Crisco. 
Oh, we also have to re- recall the most famous uh, of the ABC movies of the week was remade by Del Toro in Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Yes. Which originated as one of oh, these. right. Yeah. With Kim Darby. Uh-huh. <laughs> who was also in another movie of the week called The People. Remember that one? The I People. Yeah. That's on my list. I have, someone recommended that to me. The Good. People. Just The People. What's it about? The people. people. They need people. They're wonderful people. The most wonderful people, I might say. <laughs> This show's going to be 85 hours long, and I don't care. Exactly. <laughs> I don't care. Because I'm having fun. Ha. Ha. So anyway, let's talk about the movie now. Okay, my first issue with the movie, like, it hasn't even started yet. They're in that field. The credits haven't rolled. And we learn, you know, she's, apparently they drove two hours to Bucks County to play in some field in the middle of nowhere, you know, for so hours on end. So she can so put some fucking watercolors on goddamn <laughs> Exactly. Sitting in front of somebody's house's house. When somebody comes out of the house, she's like, who's that? Probably who lives there, you crazy bitch. That's true. They shouldn't have been there in the first place. You should not have been there. What what, what, what are you doing? What do you pick my house for? You're going to get shot. This is Amish country. You can get raped or sacrificed to their god. (laughs) Haven't you seen Children of the Corn? Oh, that's and Sam's dead. So yeah, and then immediately I don't like her for that. And then she's she pretty much bullies him into buying the house. She does. You're right. Derek McGavis had no interest in buying a piece of He really house. has no choice in this movie ever. No, he ever. doesn't. She, he doesn't. She, she just bulldozes. Yo, come home. He's shouting. How many times does she ask him to come home? And he <laughs> drops everything and does. Two hours away. It's a two hour. We've established it. One time he has, he has to, to take home. a helicopter <laughs> once. <laughs> Somebody better get me the chopper to Bucks County. Yes. <laughs> and one line secretary's like, that's going to cost you. Thank you, one liner. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, anyway, okay. So they buy this house in Bucks County. It's a fixer upper. Nobody lives there because somebody died there. But we know, we know that. But they don't know that until like the last reel because Pippin tells them. That's all. <laughs> he doesn't just die, he kills himself. That's very specific. I didn't think he killed himself, I thought he was driven out. Okay, because the film really opens. You see this old guy in a barn, and there's a voiceover going, he will be taken, he will be taken. He will be taken. What does that mean? I don't know. We'll come back to that. And then there's wind. There's lots of wind in this movie. Oh, lots of wind. There was more wind than like a Beyonce video. There was lots of wind. It starts in his house, and then he runs out into the barn. Yeah. And then something happens in the barn. He sees something, and he keeps backing up the doors to the, whatever you call it, the hayloft open, and he falls out, and he dies. Right. And he's dead. Now, when you said, what are they talking about? He will be taken. He will be taken. One of the things I like about this movie is that they don't really explain a lot. They oh, no. don't explain much of anything. <laughs> no, they don't. And that's, how, that's kind of okay. That would drive a modern viewer up the wall because modern people love backstory and exposition. Sure. And but they just have creepy things movies. thrown in and they explain nothing. It's up for you to figure it out for yourself or it's just a mystery. It's just and a lot, it's of, a lot it, of atmosphere is what the movie really – I almost feel like it's Steven Spielberg playing around with doing a horror movie. Oh, that's right. Steven Spielberg directed this. Hi, everybody. That's, <laughs> oh, that's kind of a major I, I, I thought you would have mentioned this in I'm sure I have, but you know what? We haven't mentioned it in this conversation. I haven't done the intro to this yet because I don't do anything in order. Welcome to a look behind the scenes, folks. <laughs> behind the magic. Movies, and again – ABC Movies of the Week one was Duel, and this was his second one. Oh, this and is Sugarland Express after oh, this. Oh, he did this one after Duel? Yeah. 
Dual oh, business. I didn't realize that. Okay. I thought he had done some series televisions like Night Gallery mm. previous to that. Oh, yeah. That's the the other way around. But okay, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go with Owen's expertise because he's ancient. Oh, no. Absolutely. <laughs> he consulted the tomes over this one, the ancient tomes. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I'm, I'm flying by my ass here, so you I'm <laughs> completely wrong. <laughs> okay. Okay, and so from then on, it's always Sandy Dennis is our main character because you know it, everything is pretty much centered around her, and it's just an entire hour and fifteen minute spree through the world of caftans and smocks. <laughs> oh, yeah, caftans, moos, and smocks. Absolutely, it's the, it's the moo moves I love. It's the, especially the first black one she wears when she's making the pentacles. That's my okay. favorite. But they're showing her. They're showing the family moving. The credits are over. We've seen the watercolor. Okay, wonderful. The family's moving into the house, and they show her walking into the bar. I the barn, and I thought that goddamn mobile that she had made out of the the house, the <laughs> kitchen utensils. And I'm like, I hate this woman. That was sad. <laughs> I mean, now, come on, out of, out of out of kitchen utensils, really? I made it myself. Uh, and she's like, "I'm an artist." I'm like, "No, you're not." <laughs> you have to check out the way the portentous farmer looks at the mobile. When she <laughs> it over. He's That's very disturbed by it. He was bearish. He's like, "You bringing this in the barn? It's already got a damn pentacle on it. It's already cursed." <laughs> <laughs> Because since they're in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, this is the home of the Pennsylvania Dutch, which is, of course, means everything is painted with pentacles. Of course, when I was in Amish country, they called them hexes, but whatever. Yeah, that's what I know them as, too. Yeah. But whatever. They're little, little paintings, little round paintings, intricate things on buildings, and they're supposed to ward off evil spirits. That's a pentacle to ward off evil. Oh, it's a kind of nice design. I think I'll leave it there. Well, it's one thing to paint it on. It's another thing to believe in it. <laughs> but of course, Sandy Dennis sees it as a way, as a way, a million dollar artistic franchise. Absolutely, <laughs> art and fashion rolled into one because she starts making these hideous, hideous ceramic necklaces that look like they weigh about fifteen pounds. Yeah, you're right. With the pentacles on them. <laughs> Everyone's raving about how beautiful they are. I'm like, why? Well, I'm not going to wear ceramic about my neck. What if I fall? I could be killed. I could be stabbed with a shard. That's very don't true. You love, but don't you love the tutorial? How specific they go into her making these? Oh, well, yeah, they padded. The, this running time is so padded. I know. It, it's an hour and 15 minutes without commercials, and this is padded, 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 padded. Oh, yeah. I bet you keep stabbing it with a leather string that each one oh. could. A little close above her. Leather string. She can't put her on a chain because it's the seventies. It's the seventies. I'm like, I cannot stand this woman. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's the first warning that there might be something wrong with the place. He warns her. He says, "Well, uh, it's a pentacle. It's one thing to paint over it. It's another thing to believe in it." Why? Yeah. And I thought this this farmer dude who was the farmhand, I thought he was going to be creepy old exposition guy, but he's not. No. Don't you love him, don't you love him at the parties? He's at both <laughs> parties, and he does not seem like the person they would necessarily invite to the party. <laughs> well, I don't know why he's there. I know, but I love that they invite hey, somebody him. needs to kill a chicken. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Really, he goes from bringing the chicken in the yard to going to the to going to the production party. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this guy, this farmer guy, who was there when they were looking at the house, 
He's telling them it's a fair. He's, he does everything they, he can to keep them from buying the place without saying the place is fucking evil. He warns them, right. you know, like it's, it's fixer upper. There's no modern amenities. You city folk won't like it. Uh, oh, hey, there's this pentacle, evil spirits. He's warning Darren McGavin, like the ground is is. He doesn't say the ground is bad, but he insinuates that the ground is bad. Right. Still, it's um, it's a strange place. Oh, the, the, the land's not worn out, is it? No, soil's fine. Yeah, it's better than most, uh, but it's a different place. The uh, land's really a living thing to you, isn't it? Well, the land breathes like any man, indifferent as one is from another. Good and bad. Yeah. And Sandy Dickens, Sandy Dennis keeps catching him choking chickens. <laughs> and swinging the blood around in the field, and she does not approve. Oh, no, no, no. She does not approve. I have something that I, I want to tell you. You know, I saw Garman in the field today, and he had killed a chicken, and he was letting it bleed, and then he was swinging it back and forth all over the ground. How do you like that? Well, I'm sorry, but I had to tell you, I'm sorry. Well, I told you these people around here are very strange, you know. I'll take the chicken. Killing a chicken and letting it bleed in the field probably means that they're trying to put fertility into the land. No. Some of these old ideas, these old beliefs, they die very hard. As hard as the chicken? Oh, come on. They're probably going to have it for dinner anyway. I'm like, is she vegetarian on top of this? Because I'm going to shoot the television set. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it could disturb her children. I can understand her point of view. Understand that too, but you know these are these are these are country folk, and they have country ways. Absolutely, exactly. Darren McGavin actually, I thought maybe they'd dance around this, but Darren McGavin's like, well, it sounds like some kind of fertility right. That yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, good. We actually did go there. Good. Yeah, so maybe it'll bring a good crop next year. Whatever. <laughs> we never really get why he's doing it, except but fine. It's evil. The whole place is evil. It's something evil. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. off something evil. And one of the things I liked about this movie is that. Not knowing what was going on, I did not know. I mean, obviously, there's some kind of evil spirit, and it's in the barn. But I'm wondering, what does the community have to do with anything, if anything? Well, the community is completely absent. I mean, we see nothing. I know nothing. that. I know that. But except going, except that Ralph, Emily, Ralph Emily's party, and they you, seem to be fairly normal people. Yeah, but we spent so much time at the party, and. People said weird things like, oh, it was my... Well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Well, hold on. Hold on. Darren McGavin, he's a TV producer. Yes? Commercial producer? Y- yeah. Uh, ad, he's an ad, ad executive. Ad executive. Sorts. Yeah. Fine. And he finds out a way... He comes up with this great idea on how they can help finance the house. Owen, can you tell me what that is? Well, to shoot the Apple Bar commercial at his house. Yes, he can use this as a location for a big national commercial. That... Uh, uh, for a product that is packaged really badly. <laughs> there, is no, there is nothing good about this product. No. <laughs> there is nothing good about Apple Do you understand what the product is? Exactly what? I is think it a it, candy bar made of Apple? Bar. I don't understand. Well, I don't understand because the song doesn't make any sense either. So, ladies and gentlemen. It comes when, in two flavors. That's what I get from the song. Oh, I didn't get that at all. So I only saw one bar. In chocolate brown... And Taffy Gold. Oh, I don't know. Isn't that interesting? I thought it was two flavors too, but maybe that's 
the two parts of the bar. Oh, I, I thought maybe it was inner. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I thought that's, it was a health treat at some point, and then somebody called it a probably. candy bar. And like when I think of candy, I don't think of, well candy apples. But no, I'm like I'm really hankering for a big slice of apple, Actually, fake apple, because you know there's not an apple to be found anywhere in that bar. No apple products anywhere. Oh, well, in the I'm apple sure bar. there isn't, and I'm sure I that think, the, I think apple flavor is artificial. Uh huh. So I think we it's solved it. I think. I, I think what um, the apple bar actually is is what it's it's a candy apple in uh, candy bar form. Okay. Oh, okay. That That's kind of makes exactly sense. what it is. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Great. Wonderful. And you know what? We spent more time time on this plot this this particular aspect of the plot, which has nothing to do with the plot. No, absolutely not. <laughs> this apple bar has nothing to do with anything except but, you get to hear the theme song 185 this, times. Yeah. This movie would not be remembered today if it was not for the Apple Bar song. <laughs> I, I think that's true. Apples come in chocolate brown. Mmm, they're wonderful. Apples come in taffy gold. Mmm, they're scrumptious. Listen to me, all you folks. Hear me when I say Apple Bar, Apple Bar. Sends me all the way. I really think this movie true. would not have been called to my immediate attention. You would not be sitting here right now if it were not for the Apple Bar You're song. Right. You're that right. You sang for me in the car, thinking I had tripped acid <laughs> at some point. <laughs> See, that's what you get for spending time with the two of us. Uh huh. Well, because you know there was that crack house that lives well. next door. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Well, the thing is, the song is sung four separate times in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's only eight bars, okay. but four different times. Eight apple bars. You realize I'm going to make you guys sing it, right? Well, no, I kind I'm of glad. assumed that, right? Uh-huh. And I think Are now... Are you going to sing it too? You're What's the that? singer, Patrick. Well, I don't know, because I would think... I kind of want to recreate the whole thing. We're driving along. You see, he wants a recreation of that wonderful day for him. Well, because it was a wonderful day. Two magical things. Three magical things. First of all, the <laughs> GPS thing was magical. Yes. Yes. Getting lost, going to the mall, and having to use GPS. Where there's like nowhere to know. And then we kept having to drive through that town called Marcy. <laughs> there's a town called Marcy. And for some reason, I thought it was the funniest thing. I love your recall, Patrick. Yeah, no, that's good. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Welcome to Marcy. Hi. <laughs> Everyone there is just this swirling vortex of neediness. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everyone's a divorced woman. <laughs> Sworn off man and probably doing ceramics. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we're driving along, we're passing a mini golf course. <laughs> oh, the putt putt golf. That's the putt putt right. golf. And the thing was extraordinary. We made the wrong turn. Owen didn't see it. Tom <laughs> got to see it at the last second. So I'm saying, okay, there's a rocket ship, there's a T Rex. There's a nativity set. It's August, by the way. I'm like, wait, is that part of the... Wait a minute. Is that just a nativity set part of the call? Mm-hmm. And Tom yep. saw it. It was so funny. I just, just, just do a bank shot off of the camel's knee. <laughs> <laughs> right in the manger. Square in the manger. Well done. 
Oh, my God. And so these two things have already happened, so we're already tripping balls. And then we pass an apple stand, maybe, and I was like, oh, look, they're selling apples. <laughs> and we literally went into that song. No, you two had a moment. You looked at each other, and one of you started. <laughs> so should we sing it? Absolutely. I think it's time. It is time. Okay. One, two, three. Apples, apples come in chocolate They're wonderful. wonderful. Oh, okay, Skype is terrible for this because we're all oh, at different times. <laughs> it was like a fugue from hell. <laughs> that was, was terrible. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> the devil doesn't want you to sing it. <laughs> I guess not. Because I also learned that the devil hates apple bars. Because yes. uh, they kill that girl, really. He kills that girl damn quick. It's the subtext of the whole movie. He hates apple bars. Oh, clearly. Okay, I first of all, apples do not come in chocolate brown, as far as I know. Taffy does not come in gold. You're <laughs> right. You're right. And they uh, send you all the way. What does that mean? Well, we didn't know the bridge then. We know the bridge now. Uh -huh. Yeah. Send me bridge. all the way. What? Yeah. <laughs> Where? It's just groovy. I it's love a hospital? <laughs> yeah, it is sort of a groovy, kind of late 60s sounding thing. <laughs> it really is. It's like, yeah, because she's wearing like your like, hee-haw outfit. Right. <laughs> the big straw yes. hat and the overalls what? and the red flannel shirt. And she um, just... what, what, why don't you just recite the bridge? Just, oh, <laughs> you mean you want me to do the, the bridge? bridge? Just recite the lyrics okay. to the bridge. Listen to me, all you folks. Hear me when I say, Apple Bar, Apple Bar, sends me all the way. <laughs> oh. So we get to hear the song about four times here, and now the whole time they're all bitching about how she can't sing. I'm like, great. So <laughs> True. Well, she gets to sing it twice, even though she's better than the woman auditioning. For Darren McGavern to do the looper. Oh my God! Yes, yes. they're treated to the Apple Bar auditions, which act with yes. the looping, the ADR thing. So we get to hear it two or three more times there. Mm -hmm. Apples come in taffy gold. Mm -hmm. They're scrumptious. They're they. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, my dear. We're looking for a singer. Did you hear this? We, I think. Something Evil, we probably, it was repeated once after it was shown. So we actually, as kids, probably only saw that movie twice. Oh, and yeah. that song stuck in our heads forever. That's kind of amazing, else. really. If it was made today, there would be some product out called Apple Bar. <laughs> there oh, yeah. I agree. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no question. Yeah, so, all right, so they shoot this commercial up there. The whole crew's up there. They're having a rap party at the end of the night, even though they decide well, to... You have to, go, you have to go back because Lori Hagan, who is the Apple Bar girl, remember... Oh, my God, you know her this... name? <laughs> was she somebody? No. Of course she's saying an Apple Bar song. <laughs> Great, so I can Wait. stop her on the street if I ever see her be like, say this song! <laughs> but the, the plot point is uh, where they're trying to record her singing... And they're ecstatic or some bizarre demonic voice on we the voiceover. We don't know what they hear, which is another nice touch. They're like, we've never heard any noise like this. You're right. Coming through the that. headphones. We don't hear what it is because they're working yeah. on a budget of about 85 cents. And that's fine. We'll play it as mystery, but it's really cheapness. Anyhow. But the, but she takes one of um, Sandy Dennis's ceramic pentacles and puts it on the boom. 
That's and right. That, yeah. yeah. And that gets rid of the evil noise. Which makes absolutely, I don't know why she did that, because it makes no sense to put this big clunky piece of jewelry on a boat well, mic, which I is so sensitive, which can be well, rubbing. She whatever. sees it on Johnny Whitaker. Remember, she sees it on Johnny Whitaker first, and she's, and you can tell that she's kind of mystical. Oh, she had that boyfriend that, that was into, you know, spooks, right. ghosts, and everything, and he yeah. really so turned she knows, me on. So, to so it. she kind of knows what to do, which later pisses off Satan really bad. You seem to know something about all those things. Not really, but I had this boyfriend who was really nuts about spooks and devils and all of that. <laughs> so he turned me on. <laughs> you turned me on. You. Yeah, well, Listen, see you later. Listen, see you later. Uh, I don't... Oh, okay. Well, that, yeah, but still, he, he you know. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> See, this is again where it doesn't make sense because she starts handing Apple Bar Girl at the bar to get drunk and she's handing out Sandy Dennis's thing, a little pentacle. Right. Yes. And did, she, did she ask her? Or did no, she I just find so. and start giving him she's out? Like, Fuck you, I'm just, a star. She just ripped it off of Johnny Whitaker outside. <laughs> she's a star. She's the Apple Diva. Yeah. <laughs> well, she soon pays a price. And for she's that. hanging them in, and I think that's what pissed off. The spirit, because she was not, she gave him everyone, but did not take one herself. True. Oh, stupid. True. True. So when she's getting driven home by the director, they are in a horrible, the fiery horn, car the, accident. The horny director. We have to, that he wants to take her home to have sex with her. Yeah. We all got that, right? In two hours, yes. In two hours, when they finally get back to Manhattan, okay. they're going to yeah. If they're still interested. But they barely get off the property. No, and that's another time we get to hear the Apple Bar song because she's walking around the party singing it. And I would have punched her in the face if it was a party. Like, we've heard this all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a 16-hour shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up or get naked. What <laughs> so Lori Hagen, So Lori Hagen and her horny director get killed in a car crash because all of a sudden the uh, windshield wiper cracks open. And then they see red and then they die. absolutely right and then we learned at the party that there's a, some welcome to the town party or something where they eat lots of corn oh this is the second party <laughs> this is the second party that we moved on to now but we find yeah. that the, the sandy dennis and her husband find out that you know because they're not in the door for two seconds and someone's like hey wasn't it aren't you that new couple you know those people died on my property and they're so happy about they're, it that's why i thought there was why something else going happy on. about that i don't know there were celebrities because somebody died. Oh, you're you're the dead people's friends. Tragic. Oh, did you know that the, I had one of those panicles hanging on the post they crashed into? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so it doesn't work is what you're saying. <laughs> they work well, when they want kind, to. It also kind of makes you think that maybe the people of the town do have something to do with it, mainly because Ralph Bellamy is like the head of them. And yeah. it's kind of like the Rosemary's Baby cultists upstairs. Yes, Ralph Bellamy oh, is okay. a Did you bring that up? He was in that movie too. Exactly. What movie? Rosemary's Baby. He was Dr. Since he said Rose- yeah, he was. That's right. That's right. So you immediately assume that he is And you, you, you assume evil. that, and he and the group, because you're just bringing your, the history from Rosemary's Baby into the movie, it turns out to be completely incorrect yeah no he just makes cookbooks he's an expert on cookbooks and demonology go figure exactly. yeah what a combo uh-huh so he's he's our creepy old exposition guy mm-hmm with he's, a creepy nephew with, uh, yeah well he's creepy this movie actually has a first this is the first this is the first time it counted creepy old exposition guy and creepy young exposition guy exactly that's, new. Exactly. that's very new this is cutting edge 
even today, I'm like, what did I write down about him? So it was <laughs> creepy young exposition guy in corduroy pants. So yes, <laughs> as played by John Rubenstein, who was the original Pippin on Broadway. Exactly. This is '72. Is What's odd is that this was filmed in California. Wasn't he doing Pippin in '72? I don't know. I would think so. Yeah. So I don't know how he got away because obviously, obviously, it was filmed in California because Bucks County is obviously. Well, you know, clearly he was not doing it then. The it, like, it didn't look like he was needed for many takes. <laughs> no, that's he said no, it was only in about three scenes. Very much. And <laughs> oh, he's also a child molester, I think, too. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> baby. Said, Reach the damn dog door when they don't have a dog, which is really weird. <laughs> that was. I'm sorry. That's just the weirdest scene. That is truly my favorite scene in the whole movie. What the I like sweet about that little scene, baby. Yes. Yeah, sweet little up. baby. That's sweet, my favorite. Sweet little baby. Also because Sandy Dennis looking through that crack in the door is looking just completely bonkers. Yes. But he's looking at her and the way the chain is across the door, it's over his eyes and it's giving him like goofy glasses. Yes, exactly. That made me very happy. It's kind of like when, when uh, what's her name in Valley of the Dolls ropes her boobs with her necklace. <laughs> but even at the beginning of that scene. <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> But even in the beginning of that scene, when he reaches through the dog door and tries to pet the baby. They don't have a dog. That's so weird. She's standing right there on the phone. Why would he do that? After having just beaten her child, too. You know, Why do you have a dog, dog with curtains on it when you have a dog? <laughs> God. <laughs> okay, let's go. So okay. let's. Let's go back to, I think it's time for her to be woken up by the baby crying. Yeah, then this, this was, these scenes were great too, because one of these things that I always freak me out about babies crying from a distance is like, you can't tell if it's a cat right. or a baby. <clears throat> I used to live in, when I lived on 43rd Street, we had this creepy Russian couple that lived next to us, and I kept hearing cats crying, and it sounded like it was stuck in the walls. And I, I have two cats, so I'm always looking around for my cats. I'm like, is that a cat or is that a baby? If it's a baby, it's been making that noise for a really long time. Is anybody in there? Mm-hmm. There's probably some Russian ghost. I don't know. Ghost baby. <laughs> but yeah, so she keeps getting woken up in the middle of the night hearing crying coming out of the barn. And what's the equally is that the baby seems to be saying, no, no. Yeah, you're right, you're right. No, which is terrible. And it's coming, when she finally gets out of the bar, it's coming out of an old oven. An with old a rat stove with a rat inside. I like to think that it's sort of like that llama who can scream like a person. <laughs> that the rat actually was making the baby noises. It was negativity rat, yes. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Yeah, so, but and, uh, this happens a couple of times during the course of the movie, and we, as an audience, learn to realize that this is to lure her out of the house so it's ever in the barn can get in. Yeah, well, like, that makes sense. That's what yeah. I took out of it. Because no, I didn't ever, I didn't get that. But yeah, at least, at least there's reasoning now that makes. You got, you got Mama Bear sense. out of the house. I'm going after Baby Bear. Although I got not say, supposed to... for a good part of the movie. I thought it was her that was going to, that was. Well, that's what, that's what's supposed to, that's what yeah. we're supposed to think. I never thought that for a second. Really? Never thought it. No. Even when she's I mean, beating her child for no reason, when she's never believed in that before, 
I thought she was she's going crazy. She like she's being affected by all this. But I'm saying it's not her. It's the boy or the baby, one or the other. Because you mm. know you go in. It's the you know she's this first time she goes in. He's having this horrible nightmare, and she's holding him and rocking him. And that's another. There's so many fucking mobiles in this goddamn movie. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this woman. I, I made another one. Great, honey. Great. And the mobile above the bed is just going bananas. So clearly there was something in looking on the kids while she was out of the house. Right. And it keeps happening. And he, 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 he starts talking less and less and acting weirder throughout the, the second, cause I watched it twice. Starts acting weirder, weirder. So I knew it was him. Well, uh, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. Well, you were, you were just a wee babe at the time. I was exactly. Exactly. Uh, uh yeah. Getting around the house. The other Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Auditions. Uh-huh. Demons don't like apples. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because and I'm right and I'm right because she dies for singing the apple bar thong and also we see demonic eyes once during the movie, right in the in the commercial. Right when, when they go when they're going back over the film of the commercial, like there's something on the film. There's these demon eyes blaring out of the window watching her. They're on the negative. Uh huh. Because it's like stop singing that fucking song. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. Yeah, the, the devil was not happy. in chocolate brown. Mm-hmm, they're, they're wonderful. wonderful. Apples come in taffy gold. Mm-hmm, they're scrumptious. See, that's beautiful. I, I guess we have to sing it, you know, randomly throughout this podcast. And, well, yes, and I'm going to be playing yes, every version it. of it that they have because there's several people singing it. You know, it's a whole thing. It's oh, a whole absolutely. thing. Whoever wrote that got their they got their money's worth out of the goddamn. I want to hear John Rubenstein sing it at some point. <laughs> you know, I could hear that in my head. If, I, if I'm ever, if I'm ever a director of anything, and he comes in, I'll be like, "Hey, John, could you do me a favor? Could you sing the Apple Bar song?" Because you didn't get to sing it in the movie, and I know you have a musical theater career and everything. So, yes. Right. Oh, and for the young folk, for the young folk, John Rubenstein was on Angel for a while as yeah, the head of Wolfram and Hart. Yes, he was. Yes, oh, he was. was he really? I didn't yes. remember that. Okay, no, he, he was. He was. Yeah. Owen pointed it out to me because Owen knows everything because he's old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and this party scene. This is one of these things that's, okay, one of these Spielbergian touches. Uh, when it's the town party, it's a mm-hmm. long scene and the, the, the background conversation is really loud and you're just getting overlapping conversations for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's thought, just, actually, it's just, I, actually, both party scenes I actually really like because they seem not your typical TV horror movie. You know, yeah, and you can tell everyone was like, just keep improv, right. keep improv. But it's a very Spielberg touch. He does that in a lot of his movies. Which is a very similar to there's a the there's a party scene in Jaws. It was very similar to that too. Oh really? I didn't remember that. Okay. Huh. Oh, and so you know, at a certain point, I don't know, she's fixing up the kids' room and she decides to paint a pinnacle on the floor yes, out of, nowhere. of the children's room and do an incantation. What could possibly go wrong? Exactly. Yeah, she's just she's messing around with stuff she shouldn't be messing with now. Now the idea of the circle is for protection. If a circle like these is drawn and you stand inside it, you're protected from the devil and all his buddies, no matter what. But the person in the circle is supposed to pray the Lord's Prayer, almost anything from the Bible. Well, they are very lovely, but I think it's all rather weird. Well, that's the way to go through life. Thumbing your nose at the world. Yeah, and Lori's alone the whole damn movie. Oh, I know. It's an invisible sitter, and occasionally just be like, so where's the baby? What? <laughs> what? 
until the very time. end, when they leave Johnny Whitaker alone with her, then yes. they're concerned. Yeah, then they're concerned. <laughs> she locked. Oh well, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh. <laughs> they figured out. Well, you know what? The only thing that Johnny Whitaker needed to do was come in through the keyhole, eat thirteen white seed scrapes, <laughs> kiss his mother passionately on the mouth, Great. eat thirteen more white seed scrapes, and never be seen again. I like the specificity of the white seedless grapes. The That's the ghost story that we're treated to from Ralph Bellamy. It's like, I heard a story from a woman in somewhere about a devil that came into the keyhole at 813. <laughs> white seedless grapes. Oh. Not apples. Not apples, notice. No, not, not apples. apples. I recorded the story of a woman from Trenton who claimed that a devil came through the keyhole of her door ate 13 white seedless grapes from a bowl in the kitchen, promptly kissed her ravishingly, then returned to the kitchen, ate 13 more grapes, and let himself out through the keyhole. And she never saw him again. (laughs) (laughs) Now, he has a devil joke, too. He says, I once had a devil. Doesn't he have a joke, too? Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't think remember what did. the joke is though. I don't remember. It was something stupid. I don't remember what it was either. I had a devil in the house once. Oh? They don't believe. You believe in God? Yes. Well, if you believe in God, then you have to believe in the devil. They're inseparable. I got rid of that devil, though, you know how? Well, I talked to him, you see, but when he talked to me, I couldn't hear him. Drove him crazy and he left. <laughs> So literally, these jokes are enough to have him beaten up later in the movie. Because well, we that's not why he gets beaten up, because he offers to help. He's like, I believe you. He says, I, you know, if, if you believe that there is a devil in your house, then it's right. true for you. And if it's true for you, I want to help you. I'm just a phone call away. True. Yeah. So now, is, it, is it a disembodied Satan beating him up, or is it Johnny Whitaker? And we no, it's that it's that little statue of Satan that some. <laughs> but the thing is, we are we are the point of statue. Because, yes, sorry, I do too. I want that statue. I the love devil it. has jazz hands. That's yeah, all I want to say. I that's love that statue. That statue. It's a very bossy devil. Ha cha cha. Christmas is coming. I want that statue. <laughs> now, I would like it too. I don't know where we'd get it. You know, but I have a funny feeling it wasn't made for that movie. I have a Etsy. feeling. I'm sure you, can find, any, you can find anything on Etsy. I saw today that somebody's selling knitted Morrissey dolls. If you can get a knitted Morrissey doll. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Or, or a plush boogan, you can get it on Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you could. Uh-huh. Oh, and it's the thing is that bothers me in this whole movie, and I know it's a thing of the time, and especially of movies and TV of the thing of the time, is that Darren McGavin really treats her like an idiot. Yeah. Yes, he, but she's yeah. awfully demanding. Because she's a woman. She's right. a woman. It's like, honey, did you remember to, when they're having the weird sound problems, did you remember to unplug the refrigerator like I asked you to? Silly woman, mm-hmm. stupid. In your strawberry smock. Mm-hmm. Oh, and don't you just love his little business hat? Oh, that hat was that was a chef. <laughs> it sort of looks like something out of Camelot or something. It, it, that was a hat. That was a hat. That was a very serious hat. And his whole job is to not be there. This is his function in the movie. Exactly. Is to not be there, so that she's alone and isolated, and just, we're treated to about like we heard the Apple Bar song 185 times. We get 185 pleading calls to come home. Right. <laughs> Well, he's a word. 
Right. And he, and he keeps going off to the coast, which is in some godless place, she ironically says at the end of a scene. Oh. Which you'd think she'd love California. <laughs> Since that's kind of where they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're He's right. tricked her into thinking they're in Bucks County. <laughs> that she's on the East Coast. Yes. She's really insane. That's really the subtext of the whole It really is. <laughs> well, I mean, is well, kind of. That's kind of what it is. Johnny Whitaker, you know, we're seeing him like exploring the grounds and stuff and doing things. And he's been exploring the bar. And he tells he tells Ralph Bellamy at one point, he's like, there's all sorts of great stuff in the bar. And we don't hear what's in the bar. He keeps getting cut off. Like Sandy Dennis will talk over him or whatever. You have to speak louder. And then he's like, and then they never come back to what's in the bar. No. And it turns out what's in the bar is an evil jar of dippity do. <laughs> yeah. That cries the like a baby. It's some serious canning. <laughs> what the fuck was that? You know, but apparently the something evil is that jar of dippity do. <laughs> Honestly, guys, basically all the other tropes in this film are basic horror movie tropes. We've seen them a hundred times. Uh-huh. That glowing red baby crying goo. I've never <laughs> seen anything like that. I don't know what no, it was. The, the I don't know exactly the how the devil used it. Jar of dippity doo that cries well, like a baby. Later, who brought it in the house? What I'd like is to it? It was their, the daughter who did that. No, I guess the kid, I, Johnny Whitaker, brought it in. Yeah, probably. Because he's You're already probably. kissing his toads by then, giving his master <laughs> little kisses. Okay, let's go further back, though. What? What was it doing in the shed? I think it, is it? Always, it has always been in the shed. Whoever oh. summoned this thing <laughs> way back when. Okay, and they used this. Uh, no, uh, honestly, I'm just really confused by what it was. Maybe I can't they trapped the devil in a, jar of dip, in a jar of Smucker's Preserves. <laughs> <laughs> and it's trying to get you know, out. That's what it looks like. <laughs> it does. I don't get it. I kind of love it because it is odd. Try Smucker's Satanic Preserves. Because with a name like Smucker's, it has to be something evil. And also, the best part of it is after she sees it both times, it's her scream afterwards. Oh, yeah, it's just a surprise. seriously disturbed by this well it is really disturbing the first time because the first time it's kind of green right and she goes with the red center in the middle and it's the red right. center that pulsates and cries at her and i'm like so well, it's that... like an embryo almost i'm like, like yeah. fucked up abortion in hair gel <laughs> <laughs> i think it's an apple bar i think that's what's in the apple bar <laughs> What she's really upset with with Johnny Whitaker. Stevie! 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 Oh, I, I pulled Stevie. sound clips. I pulled sound clips when she's chasing him through the grape armor that somehow goes from like being about 12 feet to 100 feet when he comes up. Right. It's like the inside of the TARDIS. Okay, that's fine. Because it's fantastic <laughs> or whatever. But there's a good two minutes yeah. of her screaming, Stevie! 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 Stevie!
And don't you love the far shot of them rolling around in the grass? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. Hey, it's a gas. Baby, can you dig it? <laughs> so Even if it's with your mom. You have magical moments like this. You're like, what the fuck so, is going on? Hold right on a second. Around three o'clock on Wednesday. Brad's on the phone, so we're just going to wait till he's done. <laughs> this has been going on for two years right. now, Pat. And now, at some point, she wants to move. She, she confronts Darren again. It's like, we have to sell the house. Man, he's pissed. We just bought the house. Oh, yeah. He, understandably pissed. And he decides that the reason is she's drunk. I know that she's been going through some kind of a transition, but to blame it on the devil is a complete avoidance of reality. I'm not going to see a real girl. I don't intend to, not for a few days anyway, until I see whether she's calmed down or not. If I sold the place now, I'd take a terrible loss. And I got a hunch she's been on something. I mean, like, maybe she's out squeezing those grapes out back into some high proof stuff. She's a drunk. <laughs> he thinks she's on drugs. He literally says like, that. I think she's on something. I think she's mixing up something hard with the grape barber in the back that we've yeah, never exactly. seen. But at that point, we had not seen him. I'm like, what grape barber? What are you talking about? Because <laughs> that's the only logical explanation is that she's gotten drugs. So, well, then again, if you're going to get drugs, you will get it in Bucks County, Pennsylvania that is making it in the barn. <laughs> but meanwhile, he's in New York and he's in California and they finally got a new singer for the yes, Apple Bar song. Apple. Apples come in chocolate brown. Mmm, they're wonderful. Apples come in taffy gold. Mmm, they're scrumptious. Yeah. This is my favorite scene. <laughs> Freckles. Freckles. They have this lovely young African-American woman singing it. But the problem is, the first take, she's just being too rock and roll about it. <laughs> which is 1972 for Too Black. Which she is It's Too Black, sorry. She is. Yeah. And he tells her, Honey, you're giving out with just a little too much rock sound. Make it sweet. Remember, this is the girl next door with freckles. And it's a nice close-up of her cutting some, you know, pre-side eye, side eye, Adam. It just goes... Freckles. Freckles. This is even a question. It's a statement. Credibility. Uh, poor Ralph Bellamy, when he's getting attacked by the demon, I'm thinking about the poor stagehand who's been hired to throw furniture. Oh, and books and everything else. And Ralph Bellman. There's a point where she has, where Sandy Dennis has like doves thrown at her as a pigeon. <laughs> They're clearly thrown at her. <sighs> now, who's, now, now, is that Johnny Whitaker beating him up? No, I think it's the demon. I, well, I thought the demon was possessed, Johnny. Well, Whitaker, but, but see, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe it's the because maybe it's, we're a, it's a wind. The it's the wind that kills the old farmer at the beginning. It's a wind in the arbor. It's wind. It's demon wind. It's devil oh, so farts. Demon oh, wind. Yes. Johnny Whitaker at that point is sending out the wind no. to kill Ralph. No, I think it's. I think it's the wind is making sure that the possession of Johnny. I think the possession of Johnny Whitaker is in progress. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yes, it's a slower favorite. progress than in like yes. the exorcist or something like that he has to or his dues whatever because it's a slow she has to get him away there's several visitations at night there's the thing with the toad right um well he follows the toad into the barn and later there's a voiceover stating that the devil appears sometimes as a toad or a black cat yes mm. racist or unfortunately they don't explain the goo 
Oh, or his, or his hair gel. <laughs> it is. Personal lubricant. I, I, I don't know. It is, <laughs> and so I think it's a slower process. And I just think it's making sure that sh- that family is as isolated as they can be. Yeah. Because he's, yeah. he's getting too involved. He's got to go. Right. Just like, just like, uh, what, what's his name? Her, Rosemary's friend. Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, I can't think of the guy's name, but yeah. Um, Maurice Evans' character. Hutch. Hutch, Hutch, yes. Exactly. You know? Starsky, Hutch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think Isn't it is that, pretty He's got to be eliminated, even though he right. doesn't die. Although he might as well have. We never right. seen him. And yeah, so it's actually yeah, it's the big final battle where the the other guy she almost throws herself out of the the barn. Yeah, right. right. Is it is well, that, it um, Garman who the farmer guy who stops her? Yes, yes he, he pops yeah. out of the guy. barn. He heard her scream. It's, it's your son. He's the devil's own. So I oh. assume by that time the possession is complete. How right. he knows, I don't know. He could have told her that before. Exactly. He was too busy swinging the chickens and going well, to the He was too park. busy. He was like, well, you fired my ass. You can deal with your devil on your own time. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so they have to go and battle the deep. But the thing is, she's had her nervous breakdown because she always time it's, she thinks it's her. Right. Being herself, right. being possessed right. herself, that she's the target of all this. And so she's locked the kids in the bedroom. And she's like, mommy can't take care of you anymore. <laughs> you have to explain this to Lori because she is too young. <laughs> is she in there? <laughs> I, I, I that kid could have been walking around on the roof, you know, eating, you know, marbles. Right. <laughs> I just love how easy it is to vanquish this demon. If only, if only Father Karras had taken this approach. Yeah, I wish this was a bit longer. She has a nice little fight scene with Johnny Whitaker when they finally get in there. But as Ralph Bellamy says before, he gives her the clue, and that's why he's taken out. Now that I think of it, he gives her the clue and said there are things more powerful, powerful than a pentagram, and right. that's love. Some things are more powerful than pentacles, like love. It's a powerful force, Marjorie. Love. And this is another Spielberg trope. This is one of his happy up with family endings that he loves, 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 loves. Love conquers all. It changes everything. Mm. And, you know, just like the mother in Poltergeist, she has to go in and take care of her kids. Uh huh. It is very similar with the wind and stuff flowing. Yes, exactly. You're right. It is. You know, it had is. the kid been cut in the dippity doo, it would have just been song. like Carol Ann. Sorry, I'm talking over everybody. Oh. Sorry, I talked over you completely, Tom. That's okay. I was just going to say that, uh, unfortunately, Johnny Whitaker did not go through her soul. That's <laughs> because <laughs> she doesn't have one. She's a dirty hippie. <laughs> oh, poor Sandy Dada. She's a dirty hippie. She sold her soul for the ceramic kiln. <laughs> uh, no, had it had 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 little, you know, Lori been covered with the devil's dippity do, then it would have been poltergeist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and pink crap at the end of that. It's, it's the same movie. It is not that. But yeah, it's okay. an abrupt ending, and then you get like then they move and it's over. Mm-hmm. And did they just leave the demonic dippity do in the cupboard? Did they destroy it? Of course uh, they I, didn't. It's not. They did left they it for the next owners. 
I, I it, it just bothers me. <laughs> you could have at least put a label on it. Exactly. Do supposed, not touch. Stay away. <laughs> you're supposed to label your preserves. You remember what's in there. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, this is pizzas, cherries, devil goo. <laughs> this is a but funny chutney, honey. You know, after this had happened, they'd be at least somewhat interested in finding out what it was. You know, send it to the lab. You know, yes. this, all, this goo almost killed my family. I want to know what it is. Uh-huh. 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 And I love that they're running the commercial with the dead girl still on it. I mean, I guess you would. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You're right. She died shooting this, but we're still going to use this footage. Brown. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. <laughs> Apples come in taffy gold. Mm-hmm. They're scrumptious. I'm sorry. It's too, oh. it's too, it's no, too, scrum- it's too Broadway. It's too Broadway, Owen. <laughs> Freckles. <laughs> Freckles. Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, all right. I think that takes care of the movie. Yes, but, okay, what do you think the devil wanted to accomplish here? That's, I don't understand the protagonist's motivation in this this film. He wanted human form. And it can only happen at Crowhaven Farm or wherever they are. Crowhaven Farm. It's it's not the devil, it's a devil. Well, well, it's never specific. They call him both in this film. Yeah, well, I'm going to go with a devil. Because the, the portentous farmer says he's the devil's own. <sighs> okay, just because he's well, got Sam Elliott's mustache well, doesn't mean he does everything. One of his minions, you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But Maybe they he said the devil's, devil's zone. He's the devil's <laughs> own. devil's <laughs> own. <laughs> That's the whole farm. It's the devil's the zone. The devil's zone. Well, in that's, The Exorcist, it was a demon, you know, yeah. one of yes, the devils. Yes, they call him a demon. They specifically refer to us as the devil many times in this. Oh, okay. Well, they also call I know. Well, I know from my Pennsylvania Dutch that it is devils that they worry about out there with plural. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Mm. It's not demons. It's devils. So I'm going to go with it's a demon of some okay. sort. Some uh, it is a that's demon. been trapped somehow on this farm. By the goo, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's somehow I'm, cased I'm it. reaching. It wants out. It wants out. He must. What does it say? He must be taken. Yes. What does Johnny Whitaker say to Sandy Dennis at the end when he's possessed? He says something to her. Oh, you mean in the room when she's trying? Yeah, to in the room. You are oh, damned. God. You're damned. Okay. Yeah. Well, that that doesn't clear anything up. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume that was sort of given, but <laughs> exactly. You sent the devil to his room. You are so damned right now. <laughs> go to your room, Stevie. I told you to go to your room. <laughs> You're damned. You are so damned. <laughs> I'm gonna damn you when I grow up. Was that oh. a big? It's probably a big deal for a child to say that, though, in 1972. That was at least for television, so it oh, was sure. probably shocking. And it's funny. I did wonder how much. Well, obviously not the movie because it wasn't made yet. But I wondered how much the book of the Exorcist had any impact on this. Thing, oh, I'm clearly believing that because this is not based on a novel. This was the original screenplay, mm-hmm. ten to one. This was because it came out a year before the movie The Exorcist came yeah, out. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm yeah. sure it was done in anticipation or just to um, capitalize on the novel being right. Right. Sure. I'm sure. sure if there had not been an exorcist, there would not there would not have been a something evil. Yeah, but to answer your question, I think the de- the demon wanted human form, and he wanted somebody young. What's the point in going into an old person? Okay. And, and of course, red- and he's redhead. Daughter. He's already yeah. has no soul. He so no what soul. was so what was he doing about the farmer who jumped? during the um the prelude at the beginning what did he want from him did he want to possess him i don't know and he said he i don't know i don't know <laughs> i just need to make sense of these things <laughs> he'll be taken he'll be taken into the house Take he'll care. be taken does <laughs> did he have a family did this guy have a family i don't know taken don't to know. a broadway play <laughs> <laughs> he'll be taken in the butt <laughs> Oh my God! So, 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 and and who who's he? And who's who's the person talking to in the third person, as if someone needs to be told that he'll be taken? Are there more than one demon in there? Are there a bunch of demons? I don't know. Oh <laughs> wow! You're, you're confusing me now. Okay. I think it was the rat. I think it was the rat who was talking. <laughs> he'll be rat. taken. He'll be taken. No, cheese. <laughs> It was Templeton the rat. Templeton, yes, that's who it was. Scrumptious. He's <laughs> hoarding apple bars. Okay. It's a cutscene from Charles Webb where it's, where it's scrumptious. This is taking on a whole new meaning now. It did, it did say crunchy at one point. Crunchy. <laughs> Okay, so so the movie is just as a shitty narrative with some kind of interesting set pieces. Is that? Yeah, I think I was it was all say, about. There's a lot him. that's left unknown, and that's okay yeah. with me for certain things. Yeah. Well, no, it's not even. It's, the, it's, it's just not like, the unknown. It's, it's a I under, I, I, haunting too. No, you're it, you're only you're never seeing anything. Mm. No. And I like the mystery. It just it just seems very arbitrary and not really good screenwriting to me. Everything is very arbitrary, and they kind of add up to a bunch of nice scenic moments and kind of nice reactions and stuff. But there is no thematic thread. No, what's there isn't. Ever. No. I yeah, think they were trying for something with that weird scene with John Rubenstein at the door, <laughs> but something was cut. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. Something Same. had to be cut because he is so freaking weird. Yes, exactly. That nephew is so weird. <laughs> when he is at the door, he looks evil. He's coming into the dog door with the curtains, and you know, you don't have a dog door. If you don't have a dog, and the thing is that there's no door to the dog door. It's just an opening. <laughs> And it's she's weird. standing right there. <laughs> He's touching right. the baby through the, the door. door. I don't know what's happening. The door. I don't know what's happening. Sweet little baby. Goodbye, sweet baby. Creepy. <laughs> 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 I, I wish he did say it that way, but he He's does. like the one Jew in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's homage or Mennonite except for John Rubenstein. <laughs> So he has to be evil. <laughs> right. I don't know what was happening. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> I, I like but it does. Yes, go. Sorry. 
I was gonna say, but it does have the Apple Bar song. It does have so, that. It has that great scene where that makes everything better. Where where Johnny where uh, Johnny Whitaker is tormenting allegedly Lori with the toy spider on a string. Oh, I love that. Stop love playing that. with her like that. Meanwhile, the kid looked like she's having a fun time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wasn't tormenting with her at all, and then she freaks out and has her real housewives of Bucks County moment. Just breaks off. <laughs> 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 oh my god if only she had a glass of wine in her hand that would have made it even better exactly. well there were no grapes in that arbor god damn it <laughs> <laughs> we spent enough time in there there's plenty of branches to touch your business <laughs> what a scene with no payoff <laughs> Now, having said that, with all my complaints, I mean, there really is, it's a really some neat characters in it. Even even she's an interesting character. Even some of the smaller roles, we're talking about, you know, John Rubenstein, but even some of the people at the party, they uh, actually kind of vivid for background and, you know, one or two liners. Correct. So I, I did like that. Yes. Okay, so, all right, we're going to play a game that I stole from another podcast. Okay. Okay. Uh, from the 42nd street drive through podcast, which I think is now defunct anyway, so it's mine. High point, low point. Tom, you go first. Uh, what was my high point in the film, you mean? High point and your low point. Well, just because... Okay, excluding the Apple Bar song. I was going to say... No, 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 and I that's the, answer, that's the answer for all six questions. That's, that's a high point and low point for everybody, yes. Only because I like really random weirdness in movies, my high point would be John Rubenstein at the door. <laughs> I'm sorry, it just is. Um, low point? I don't know. Is there a low point in this fabulous movie? Um, I'm. I don't know. Okay, so you don't have a low point. I don't it's think it's so. all high, 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 high. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, and same question. Uh, my high point. I, I've got a couple high points. I can't pick. It'd be too much. One of the one of the high points is the um, woman who auditions for the Apple Bar song. See, I think oh, they got yeah, the blonde. Song in the, the, blonde. <laughs> the blonde who's trying to figure it out on the spot. She didn't do her homework. Exactly. And and Darren McGavin's condescension toward her. You're a great um, singer. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love Sweet Little Baby too. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> And um, uh, one of the, I don't know if it's a highlight, but some of the things I remember, besides the Apple Bar song, I don't re- actually remember a lot from the movie, but I do remember that thicket of um, of trees where she chases Stevie. The Great Barber. The, yeah, yeah the exactly. That, that is one of the distinct memory for me for some reason. I found it spooky and evocative even then and the way and i remember how the branches seemed to be coming down and grabbing her hair yeah that's not what's happening but it was a i, I remember that that's one of the most distinct mm. scenes in mind okay and um a low point would be um it's a low point i'm sure there are many uh probably no, I love that too. Yeah, but see, what would be low points for other people would be probably <laughs> okay. That's true because I forgot who I'm dealing with. I forgot right. who I'm dealing exactly. with here. Exactly. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with for my scary high point. Uh huh. The point that really just made me sit back and go, "Whoa!" Was the first time you see the dippity do, and it pulsed and screamed. Yes. 
Because like you said, I've never seen anything like that in this type of a movie before. Right. And I thought we were going in this completely random direction. We didn't follow it, but that's okay because that moment itself was shocking. Mm-hmm. And we've ruined it for everybody because now you all know it's coming. But anyway, there was that. And my favorite non-scary scene was the scene with the, the new ADR singer, Frackles. Mm-hmm. Well, that it's, sucks. it's completely unnecessary. But that's what I kind of like about the movies. I was talking about these bizarre characters that would just show up and the real world kind of keeps invading. Uh-huh. Um, oh, that's true. Because we, we get a lot of New York, oddly enough, to juxtaposition against this strange little backwards yeah. Yeah. county, you know. So it's just You just lost all my Pennsylvania listeners, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll be giving out your home address after you hang up. Uh, okay, my and uh, for my low point, it's not a point so much as the pace. Yeah. Yeah. If you're an hour and 15 minutes with no commercials and I'm this bored. Right. There's a problem. There's a lot of her walking around the house. A lot of walking around the house. A lot of scenes that seem to repeat themselves. Yes. And then I will, I will agree again that if if we can do, I thought you were just looking for moments. The whole thing would, would be the faulty narrative of the whole piece. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, so that is something evil. And it was something, wasn't it? It, it was. was something. It was something. Like I don't have the I didn't considering I don't have the 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 attachment to it that you guys do. That's <laughs> true. Well, it's our I'm attachment ha- to the damn song is what really <laughs> But you can't I, have the song without the and you know what? It is an earworm from hell. It is. <laughs> it is. I wrote one at one point, I'm like, you guys need to come on the show. Finally, because we've been trying to do this since October, and maybe right. that will exercise the song out of my head. And I know it. Oh, I hope so. It I won't, because we've we've lived with it. How old are we, Tom? Oh, stop! Don't oh. do that. Well, as as Owen said in his response, he's like, "That's my daily curse since 1972." <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I can give you the date and the time because I looked up what day it aired and what time oh, in the, in the or Central Coast. Terrible. You, Patrick, you will think about this song maybe once a week forever until you die. Once a week? Just once yeah. a week? Just No, it'll fade. I mean, for the next couple years, it'll be, you know, every other day. Maybe, <sighs> maybe I'll have a listener contest. Yes, exactly. Have them record their own versions of the Apple Bar song. Okay, they do whatever I you want with it. Make it reggae, that. rap it. I don't know. Exactly. For... Well, let's get Laura Badanti to sing it. Oh, please, please. <laughs> We'll get on that. Okay. All right. Thank you, boys. This was great. Now, Owen, I can tell from the PDF size. It's just terrible. It's too long. Talking, talking. No narrative. Where are the musical numbers? And Tom, what goes on yeah. with you? Do, you? do you do like artsy stuff that people can I'm, buy? I, not, not really. Not that I can think of. Okay. So that's Michael then. Yeah. Okay. But, you Ohio people, you're all the same to me. Yes, yeah, we exactly. are. We are. We're exactly the same. <laughs> well, I mean, you all share a brain. <laughs> yes, it's true. You know what? I, I believe that might be true. It be true. Exactly. I thought about having Michael on the show as well, and I figured at that point, I might as well just hang up the oh, phone and let yeah, you guys exactly. go. You don't exactly. even have to talk about the movie. I, I see and people will just be like, what is happening? What is happening? It's just like one big flashback, and literally flashback to the 70s is just a flashback, like acid. Oh no! With Tom, with Tom, and well, even me to a certain extent. But with Tom and Michael, it's 1966, 65. 
Oh, okay. Oh yeah, I've known him since then. Yeah. And I've known you. I, and I've known you since 1970. But right. yes, yes. As, as as one of the times Owen pointed out, Michael got his his first dance when he got married. Was that song from Carrie? Oh, oh that's yes, right. Exactly. I forgot about that. <laughs> Have a dream someone like you. Now I'm going to get married to the Apple Bar song. Well, just so you know. That has nothing to do with us. That has to Big do with Big like pipe organ version of it. <laughs> Michael's husband has always been in love with that song from Carrie. That's how okay. that happened. Okay, but I'm just saying, that's the kind of special people that all grew up together. Yes. Right. Yes. The, 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 the chances of three of them happening. Exactly. In it's one place specific. at one time. In a little town in Ohio. In a little yeah. town in Ohio. What yeah. the hell was in the water? I don't know. But exactly. we should get some exported to Marcy because they need some life. Oh, <laughs> well, it probably very, has something to do with that. Barry and Marcy. It could be. Town called Marcy by Owen Robertson. We grew up in a little town in Ohio. Gay. <laughs> that has a lot to do with it. Sure. Why did I not know that? What? Why did I not know that you grew up in a town called Gay? No, no. <laughs> oh, if only. Oh, okay. I thought the town was up, Gay. We okay. all grew gay in a little town. I mean, okay. that, that shapes you. That really does shape you. I was going to say, if the town was called Gay, I'm just like, well, forget it. <laughs> but, <laughs> Everything is completely explained. Okay, gentlemen, thank you very much for finally joining me on this fantastic absolutely. discussion of the show. It probably makes no sense, but you know what? That's what they don't pay for. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Nice you both. Happy holidays. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays to you. Hope they're scrumptious. It <laughs> will be. Apples <laughs> come in chocolate brown. And we're out. <laughs> Doris Day. Yeah, Princess Bud and Kitten. They're all still alive and kicking. But I'm sure you were depressed. You should have switched to Father Knows Best. Yeah, Bobby Bobby come back.
Patrick. This is Edward, that guy in Phoenix from More Geeks and Gay. Hello, and Star I Muffin. I hope you are having a great day. I am having a great I day. I wanted to thank you for the shout-out. It actually got me off my ass to make another episode, too, because hmm. we weren't pot-fading. We just kind of pot-broke, pot-break. Okay. It happens. Pot Hello. Pot rested for a month-ish. So, hey, but... Also, want to talk to um, call because you've watched actually one of my one of my secret favorite movies, <gasps> and that's Looker. Yeah, and that's not just because Susan Day was one of my one of the five women who kept me from realizing I was gay as a kid. Really? Um, Mine was Tracy. Although her breasts were really wonky in that movie, I just got to say that. And I saw it again as an adult, and I'm like, oh, what's up with her breasts? Yeah, I'm right there with weird. you. Yeah. I remember the, the twinkle in the eye thing. There's something uh, with the governor or senator or whatever. I I didn't know that those things were missing. I haven't watched it in a while. Um, Nobody Bradford has. was right about Bradford a lot of the right. technology. That's one of the things I absolutely love about this movie. Is This is actually one of the better Michael Crichton movies, in my opinion. Yeah. Just because, from a science standpoint, he he wasn't just like whistling Dixie, he was actually pretty on the nose. Um, that light thing, that's an actual thing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The, you know, the, the technology that they're talking about, that's all being applied. The um, the only thing that was actually, well, it was really weird when the movie came out because I remember critics and um, moviegoers, one of the big complaints they had was that they thought the whole thing just seemed really unbelievable. Uh -huh. And that's how come... That's part of the reason why it wasn't a bigger movie when it came out. Yeah. Okay. Is just people just thought, this is just silly. Why would anyone do this? And lo and behold, we're doing it now. Wow. Anyway, I hope you're having a great day. I'm trying I to get in am. under God three minutes, it. and I think I just did it, so I will let you go. No, no. And talk to you later. Oh. Ciao. Bye. Edward, 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 my sweet little crumpet. Um, first of all, a happy belated birthday, because now you're Edward at 46. It doesn't sound the same. Can we just say at 45, after everything, still? Because you're still 45, or just more than 45. You got more 45 plus. Anyway, I just want you to know, Edward, that when you said Bradford is right, Bradford kind of leapt out of bed. He was like, I just heard Bradford is right. Now, I'm listening with headphones on. And he just all of a sudden had like, what was her name? Leslie Wagner? Not, yes. Leslie Wagner. Is that what her name? The Bionic Woman? Yes. Jamie Summers. All of a sudden he had Jamie Summers' Bionic Woman here. And, like, wah, 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 wah. and normally it's just his, you know, fart hole that's, that's bionic. But yeah, so he heard all that. Yeah, it's true. All that stuff is great. We talked about it on the show. And I'm so glad someone else secretly likes that movie. I have always secretly liked that movie. And it's, it's not a good movie. It's not a bad movie, but it's, you know, some, I get, I get it. I totally get it. And I'm not surprised that people thought it was far out crazy. But yeah. And I'm glad you're back on the podcasting train. It's lonely out here. It's lonely out here. It's good to have a companion on the trail. And apparently there's a rattlesnake on the trail. That was Bradford's phone. I was just about to go boom ba dee da boom ba dee da But you know what? It's all ruined now. It's got a whole Western thing. We just watched Blazing Saddles the other night. And we're back to farts. Thank you for calling, Edward. I will talk to you soon. Kissy, kissy. Ha! That phlegm. Uh, 
What a greeting. Uh, hi, Patrick. It's Toppy Snelly. Uh, something Evil. Uh, uh, yeah, pretty good. Um, I never heard of it. Um, I'm very familiar with his other early TV efforts, especially Duel. Uh, but Something Evil, uh, never heard of it. Gave it a look-see, and uh, pretty good. I liked it. I think uh, Sandy Dennis is uh, just immensely appealing, and she pulled off uh, this role real good. Darren McGavin, that's my boy. Yes. Kolchak, the Night Stalker, underrated actor, I think. But yeah, really, pretty good movie. Not the greatest, no. uh, but there's a few good scares. The, the gloppy stuff in the jar that glows. <laughs> cries like a Yeah, uh, pretty good. Um, some devil imagery. I, li- I like the old farmhouse scenes and the more modern scenes in L.A. It was a nice contrast. And, of course, it had Spielberg written all over oh, it totally. uh, with his economy. Uh, he, he really knew what he was doing even then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, anyways, not terribly scary. And uh, I guess the only thing I can say is the big reveal at the end that it's the kid being possessed and not Spoiler. the wife. Uh, somehow... It didn't, like, okay, I, I didn't think that was coming, and I, I guess it succeeded, but for some odd reason, it was sort of like, yeah, okay. Uh, it just didn't have a big impact. Uh, not sure why. It just, like, oh, okay. It, it didn't shock or, I don't know, it wasn't just, it just wasn't that great of a reveal. So, you know, I give it, you know, a thumbs up all the way around, and... I think mainly because of the performances by by everybody, including Ralph Bellamy, who's always good. And uh, but especially, this is worth seeing. Mostly, I think because uh, if you study it, uh, how Spielberg shot this story, and his use of foreground and background and reflections, and it's just so Spielberg. And he made the most, I think, of of what he had. Uh, some of the, his choices of, of lenses. And, hi, the kid just was just was a bundle of talent. Uh, so anyway, thanks for passing this along. Uh, it was great to see it. Uh, it was totally new to me, and uh, a good movie. I recommend it, uh, but but not the scariest thing you're you're ever going to see. So thanks, Patrick. Uh, and, uh, and 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 keep doing what you're doing. Um, yeah, I will. I'm gonna. I'm I'm underwater. I'm drowning. Okay, Toppy. Always a pleasure to hear from you. Yay! And sorry I was quiet during the call, but I could hear in my headphones that I was doing that crackly underwater thing, and I hate that because it makes me sound like one of those film strips that you had to watch in school because the sound was never right, you know, it'd be like, the coral reef is a very delicate infrastructure. And you know, I don't like that. I don't like sounding like I have my finger in my mouth going, well, I do, but not when I don't want to sound like to shut up. No, but I agree with everything you say, Toppy. It is a great opportunity to see a young, you know, future, you know, master of the cinema at work and how he makes do with what he has. He makes the best of what, what he has. And a lot of that is the cast. And what else did you say? Yeah, the, it's all about the economy and the performances. And Johnny Winokur was, whatever happened to him? I hope he didn't know D or, you know, something awful because those child actors almost always turned out bad. Then again, he was in everything. So maybe he just was able to retire on all his Sigmund and the Sea Monster 
Millions. Billions. And I see you called back again, so I'm not going to talk too much about the movie anymore right now because I can see also from your, you know, the Google voice translator thing that tells me, you know, in text, you know, the to text, you know, voice to text thing that you, you're still talking about the movie. So why don't we listen to you talk about the movie and not me talking about you talking about the movie. Wow, that was meta. Hi, Toppy Smelly again. Uh, just Hi, Toppy. Thing I remembered about uh, this movie, Something Evil. A, um, uh, the little kid, and I don't mean Johnny Whitaker, because he, he was an actor, uh, but the little girl uh, reminded me of something that Spielberg uh, was so good at. I don't know how or why, but... Uh, getting such natural performances out of little kids who uh-huh. clearly don't know they're in a movie or that they're acting. And, uh, you know, that little girl, every scene she's in that stupid, uh, I don't know, pen, and she's clearly <laughs> too old for it. But anyways, she comes across as so natural, and, uh, and you know, especially think of uh, Close Encounters, mm-hmm. that little kid in, in that film that, that gets kidnapped... Uh, he he can just somehow get uh, natural performances out of little kids. So, uh, I don't know, just another thought. Thanks, bye. Two calls from Toppy Smelly in one show. It's so exciting. And yes, I agree with you here as well. Um, the kid doesn't have much to do, but you do. It's, it is a very natural performance. And I thought the kid was eerily reminiscent of Carol Ann later in the Poltergeist movies. Just so blonde and... Just so wide-eyed and innocent and all that. And I think the way he was able to get such natural performances out of children is that he doesn't actually use children. I was looking at IMDb and it actually turns out that little girl, she was actually a 45-year-old woman, you know, who had that disease where she ages backwards, you know, like Jack or like Benjamin, but I got nothing. That was stupid. She's a well-behaved midget. How's that? I got... And I can't believe you of all people didn't comment on the Apple Bar song, which reminds me, what I meant to say after your first call is that I think you and I, since we didn't see it previously and we didn't see it as kids, we don't have the tie that Owen and Tom had to it. Because I had heard actually for years that this movie was terrifying for television. And I guess it was. But when you watch it now with our cynical eye with no past reference, it's not as good. But it is interesting, as you say, to see, Sp- to see Spielberg. In his larval stage, coming into his own. Ew, that was, don't come into your own. That's, that's sinful. You'll go blind or something. Now, Toppy, it was very funny. I, I was, like I said, I get these calls off of Google Voice, and I've got that voice-to-text translator, and it's terrible. It never gets anything even remotely right, and it translated your name to Debbie Smelly, which amused me to no end. Hi, I'm Debbie. Debbie Smelly. <laughs> what's in a name? But I said, you know, I was saying to Bradford, you know, I actually don't know what Toppy Smelly's real name is. Maybe it is his real name. I, I, I somehow doubt it is, but I suppose it could be. But I don't know one way or another what Toppy's real name might be. And Bradford said without blinking an eye, he just said, Debbie. Of course it is. Of course it is. Google knows best. Google knows what your true name is, Toppy. And now we all know. You you are a Debbie. You are a Debbie. I can just see you, I don't know, in some cork clog-heeled shoes. You know, maybe, maybe. 
maybe one of those prairie dresses that were popular in the early 80s. And of course, you're rocking a perm because, hey, we've got that going on. Okay, Toppy, you know, when it is, when I have come to, you know, making up false personas for my listeners who were so kind enough to call in to the show and make it even better than it was going to be in the first place, it is time to wrap this puppy up for another episode. Now, all you out there listening, if you want to be like Toppy and Edward and call in, by all means, please do pick up your phone and call me on the voice line at 917-720-2047. Or if you want to be old school and write the show, you can do so at crew at screamqueens.com. You can like me on Facebook by doing a search for Scream Queens Horror Podcast, or you can follow me on Twitter at Scream Queens. And if you're feeling really adventurous, you can leave me a review on iTunes or on Stitcher. Now, I've been getting a lot of reviews all of a sudden, and that's really cool. And they're coming from all kinds of different people and places that I did not expect. So I just want to say a big thank you to Barbarella Cult, uh, Nick from the 10 Minutes with Dad podcast, Taylor White, Anthony Tran, Dan from the re- uh, sorry the Rental Income podcast, Moose, and of course, Upstate Nick. I know who you are, Nick. Now, of course, I don't know who all these people are, but that's great. I know you now because you left me a review, and I read your name on the show, and that's cool. So if you want to be like them, go do that, and I will read your name on the show. And if you've got a podcast or a website, leave that on there. Leave that somewhere in the review so I can plug you. (laughs) Now, grow up, kids. Next time, I'm going to try to get an episode out before the end of the year. I can't guarantee it, but I'm going to try my darndest. In the meantime... I have a homework assignment for you. Oh, but it's Christmas. Oh, stop your belly aching. It'll be fun. Now, I have a movie that I would like you to watch. And if you watch it, I would like you to call or write in your review of said movie. The reward, of course, is a gold star. The coveted gold star. The movie that I want you to watch is called Scare Zone. Two words. Scare Zone. And it's got two dates listed, 2009 and 2013, but that's not the point. You can watch it for free on Hulu.com. So go over there, do a quick little Google search. I'll put a link up on Twitter and on the webpage and in the Facebook room as well. And I want you to watch it. It's a very, 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 very low-budget slasher movie that's set in one of my favorite locations inside a real-life Halloween haunt. Well, not real life, but it's for the movie. You know what I mean. Shut up. Now, just because I signed it as a homework thing does not mean I think it's good. It does not mean I think it's bad. What it means is that I want to hear your opinion. Okay? I want to hear from you. So go do that. Go do that and let me know how it is. So until next time, kids, by all means, have yourself... A merry little Christmas, a happy little Hanukkah, a crazy Kwanzaa, and a super delectable solstice. Whatever it is you're celebrating, have a great time, but do it safely because I want to see you next time. So, until next time, continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, Boy, I love you. Merry Christmas. What? I don't always have to say something obscene, you know. Motherfuck. Bye. I go hunting for witches.
Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com. Bitches! <laughs>